What's up, guys? Welcome to SpawnCast Live. We had to start a little early because I have to end at 10 p.m. Eastern Time, so we have uh, about an hour and 10 minutes or so. So we decided to start a little early, um, and then Max, uh, Dreamcast guy, will jump in um, a little later on, probably about 10 minutes from now. He'll jump in maybe a little earlier than that. Um, but I do have uh, the ever-controversial Super Metal Dave 64 here with us tonight. Like I said, it'll be myself, Dave, and Max. Evan is actually busy, and then Philip is also busy. But uh, Dave, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing fantastic. That's, Thanks for having me on. Yes, yes, definitely. Um, but we did have, there was a lot of stuff that was going on this past week, but I do want to give Max a chance to jump in um, because I'm sure he has a lot to say with some of the, the very controversial stuff. And he's played a lot of the games. He reviewed uh, Shadow of War, which is a game we'll probably go into yep. since we will be talking about loot boxes because that is a, a very hot topic right now. But Dave, you were talking to me earlier before we went on stream here about uh, the Super Nintendo Classic, the what what seems to be your favorite system right now. <laughs> well, yeah, for the last couple of weeks at least, it's just it's just a, like a dream come true. Like I, I of course had the Super Nintendo as a kid growing up, and um, you know now actually having the the replica, being able to play in your HDTV. I don't have the console, the original console anymore, so I can storage at, at a relative's house far away, and I can't get it. So. Uh, the Super Nintendo Classic is just uh, such just such a great thing to have, and um, I, I did hack it. I will admit, but all the games that I've, I'm putting on it are definitely all ones I've already purchased in the past, like multiple times. So, not feeling guilty about that at all. But Star Fox Two, like uh, when I was a kid, 1995, I went into Toys R Us, and they had those kiosks there, and uh, I was 14 years old, and they had Star Fox Two, you know, as a preview. And uh, I was like, I want that game. I want that game. And was, uh, it, was it heavily advertised beforehand? Yeah, it was. And oh, um, oh, wow. okay. I, I would go into Toys R Us every weekend after you know after school, whatever. And I would go play Killer Instinct, uh, their little demo they had on Super Nintendo. And and uh, they always had that little preview of the games coming out soon for for the system. And Star Fox Two was always there on display. And man, I was like, I can't wait to play that because the original Star Fox was such. A huge game for me as a as a kid, and then um, it never came out. And I was so sad, but now I got to play it. And yes, it's not as good as the first game, but it is it is something of history. So I'm really happy with that. And the overall system is fantastic. Right, right. And you you said you actually hacked your Super Nintendo Classic, also. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't really easy. do that yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the, I didn't even hack my NES Classic. Actually, the NES Classic was pretty easy as well. It was it was pretty much almost like plug and play, kind of. Yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, I mean, I mean, you know, it, it takes like five minutes to, to hack it. It's like it's nothing really. I mean, there's no security on it, so it's fine. But but I, you know, the games, uh, what I like about it the most is the input of the controller is absolutely perfect. Like I did a video on it of my Star Fox playthrough and I was just like raving about that input. There's no input lag at all, especially with the Super FX uh, with Star Fox. There's just nothing. There's, it feels exactly like the original game. I know that sounds kind of silly, like, oh, it feels like the original game, so what? But that particular game, I've been trying to play emulated on PC, on, you know, uh, RetroPie, that stuff like that. There's always a little bit of lag because the emulation and the frames per second is n was never exactly the same like it was on Super Nintendo. So right, it right. was... On the on this one, it's absolutely perfect. So I just like the control. The controller feels so close to the Super Nintendo itself. Like mm -hmm. it, is, it is so close. I think the maybe it's the 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 bumpers that feel a little weird. I feel like I think is what it is. Um, but the buttons and the D pad feel great on this thing. 
Yeah, I did notice there's a mesh. The mesh on the feel of it, it doesn't feel as smooth as the original did. Like the there's like a like a like mesh uh, uh, texture on the controller itself. But other than that, it feels exactly the same to me. Yeah, the buttons feel good. I will say that it doesn't feel like those cheap. Uh, you know, you get like those those knockoff like Chinese kind of oh. uh, controllers that you get from like um, I don't what's what's what Tomei I guess is one. Yeah, um, mm -hmm. it doesn't feel like that. It feels a million times better. Yeah, it's always that. when you you push the D pad to the left, the whole D pad goes in, and you're like, oh man, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels a button. lot better. But I was <laughs> I was happy with um, how easy it was to get this thing compared to the NES Classic, and I think at this point the sales that we've at least initial sales we see in Japan from mm -hmm. I think it was Famitsu that reported it, where it was like three hundred sixty eight thousand units in yeah. what you said four days or something yeah that's what they said and media crate didn't report it um as you know i do media crate every mm -hmm. wednesday wednesday morning bright and early but yeah they didn't report any snes classic sales but famitsu did so it's a uh, it's really selling really well i mean japan that's like one of the that's like the third highest one of the one of the highest selling nintendo launches yet it was japan. higher than the switch apparently yeah, Switch I think was three hundred and thirty thousand launch. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah. And this this was like over a hundred or thousand plus more than the NES Classic. So yeah, they, um, they rolled some units out. They were uh, they were definitely ready for this thing. Um, well, no surprise, it's using the same board as the NES Classic. <laughs> I think they heard the criticism of like, hey, Nintendo, you don't like to make money, and they probably saw your video that you did. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I don't know, but uh, you know, uh, lots of people did videos. They're like, Nintendo yeah. hates money. And how dare they not make more of these systems? And then, of course, they say, "Okay, well, don't buy it. You know, don't you know, don't buy it from a scalper. Just buy it in the store. We'll produce plenty of them." So, uh, so far, they did. And I think uh, we were just talking about they got a new shipment that just came in. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Check your uh, local stores because I'm hearing as well as Dave that uh, these are showing up now again um, weeks after today. Two weeks, yeah, yeah, like two weeks after they initially released, there are more showing up now. I'm starting to hear about this at Toys R Us and Best Buy getting some in. So if you're still looking for one, maybe go out tomorrow and, and see if you can pick one up. You might be surprised. Yep. And then of course we're looking forward to Super Mario Odyssey and um, some stores getting the demos for that. I haven't noticed in my area yet in San Diego, but you're in Maryland, right? So mm -hmm. you got mm -hmm. to play it quite extensively. Yeah, Walmart, the Walmart, the big, it's a super Walmart, so it's a really big Walmart, but they have it. And I played it for a bit. Um, there was actually a line when I went there for it because it must have mm -hmm. been a new demo unit they just got in. But I got to play it for the duration of the 15 minutes or so that it, that it let you play, and then it kind of shuts itself down. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it basically says thanks for playing. And uh, man, the controls in that game, I, I see what you're talking about, Dave, where you're saying the controls were like really spot on with that game. It yep. controls like like it controls so well. Like if you move the joystick a little bit, it will move correctly with you. Like no no missteps at all. Yeah, um, at E3 when I played it with the split Joy-Cons, the um, motion control was completely one-to-one. -one. Like uh, I, I was doing the sway motion with it uh, to move the hat and everything. And it was just, it was completely dead on, spot on. It was just absolutely perfect. So they did a great job with the control. Mario has to have pinpoint control for it to be, you know, um, so you, you obviously you can't blame the game for your own mistake. It's a platform where you're gonna be making uh, really, you know, pit, uh, you know, hair tight <laughs> jumps basically and stuff like that. So you gotta have that control. So it's really good. Yeah, I was saying uh I was saying that 60 frames per second choice where they went with the lower resolution but the higher frame rate was by far the best choice they could have made for this game. Um if it was 30 frames per second, it would not control anywhere near it, it, it how it is now. 
Yeah, if you remember um, way back in the day, um, N N64, Mario 64, and Super Mario Sunshine, they were, I believe, 30 frames per second. Yes. Uh, if you go back and play them. And um, it, it is noticeable, because when you play uh, Super Mario Galaxy, you know, about 60 frames, and it, it's it's night and day, and you have all that. You have everything just locked down, and it feels really tight and smooth. So it's definitely uh, preferred to play in 60 frames per second. You know, resolution, when you play anything in 60 frames per second, resolution is less noticeable, obviously. Yeah, because everything, like once, when I picked it up and I moved the camera, because that's how we always do it, right? The first thing we do when we pick up a game like that is we kind of move the right stick for the camera. It mm -hmm. was jarring at first, because it was like, whoa, this is this is 60 frames per second, and it's like it's like smooth. It's it's very fast almost when you do it, so. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. It's it, yeah, it's it really good, and uh, I, was, I was saying off beforehand, guys, that I, I will be live streaming a Super Mario Odyssey with a fellow YouTuber, Andrew Eisen. Some of you you may know him, um, but uh, November 4th, we'll be doing that for a charity live stream for 24 hours, but I won't be doing it for 24 hours. Just I'll, I'll be guest, guest appearing. So I'll leave links to that um, when it happens later. That'll be really that cool. Be yeah. It's me. It's me. Awesome. When Mario Odyssey comes out, cause everyone's going to like be like live streaming it a lot and everything, but I feel like everyone's going to get a different experience out of it just cause I haven't played obviously all of it, but it looks like it's going to be a game where you can kind of like Mario 64, where you can pick and choose where you want to go to get the moons and everything. And, mm -hmm. and I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So I am, I'm excited. A lot of people were saying um, they didn't like the visuals as much uh, because it's like aliasing and everything, but really I didn't notice it as bad when I was running around and, you know, just trying to make jumps and everything. The last thing I do is stand there and look at like the edge of like a, a brick or something. Yeah, um, it was noticeable in the E3 demo because it was 720p and it was, especially in New Donk City, mm -hmm. it had it had those those uh, you know, all the buildings. It's, you know, you had those straight lines like that. It's it's impossible to hide those jaggies. But in yeah. the desert level, you couldn't notice really anything. Um, so they probably made. Uh, I, I like the desert level, the ice desert level, better than. New Donk City, um, personally, so I think they chose the right, the right demo level for uh, Walmart and stuff like that. So it's good. Yep, Max should be on any time now. Um, people in the chat were talking about him. He should be on any time now. Um, they were asking, uh, because yeah, we will talk about the weird uh, acquisition by IGN where they mm -hmm. ended up picking up Humble Bundle, which is out of left field, definitely. Which we'll get, we'll get to that when when Max uh, comes in here soon. And because uh, that'll be that's an interesting topic. We were talking about Mario Odyssey. Um, now I do think, uh, Dave, the the one that I played as well, the demo I played, probably was the same one you played. Just they cut off New Donk City, so I think yeah. that one was also 720p. Now, granted, the, uh, okay. the the displays they have at Walmart are LED displays, and you stand three feet from it. <laughs> so mm -hmm. even when I went over to the PS4 side, I could still see jagged edges on, I think they were playing MLB. Um, just okay. because you're like, I mean, it's a 40 inch screen and you're like right in front of it. Um, mm -hmm. But I do think the jagged edges were noticeable because it was 720p. I don't think it was 900p upscaled. So I'll be curious to see what this new, I guess, 900p version looks like when it comes out um, in a couple weeks now. We're in that, we're 13 days away from mm -hmm. it. Less than that, actually, because it's going to be obviously we're a couple hours away from Mario. Yeah, so less than two weeks away, and everyone will have Mario Odyssey. It's going to be uh, it's <clears> going to be interesting. Yeah, and um, and there is competition, of course, uh, on the same day too. You got Wolfenstein Two coming out and Assassin's mm -hmm. Creed Origin coming out. The those three games coming out all on the same day, so it will be interesting to see how all the games do. You know, I think they'll all sell really well, actually, but. You know, mm -hmm. yep. if I had to pick one that wouldn't out of those three, I think it's going to be Wolfenstein that gets kind of forgotten about a little bit. 
yeah. um, because Assassin's Creed is big enough and they have the marketing from uh, Microsoft to help them out. Uh, and then, of yep. course, Mario is Mario. It, Mario appeals to everyone, right? Like, it, yeah. everyone's going to buy Mario. But uh, it's going to be interesting when that day comes around. One, that's because if, depending on which games are sent over and which ones aren't, I'll end up spending some money, obviously. But uh, exactly. uh, I'm, I'm going to get all three of them um, either way. Yeah, the whole marketing thing with Wolfenstein is interesting, too. It got a little controversial with the whole, like, you know, like kill Nazis thing. I don't, I don't understand how it's <laughs> even controversial. It's, it's weird well, to me. <laughs> I don't know. I mean... I mean, it, I don't understand. I guess, I guess people were upset that they used po politics to sell yeah. the game, basically. But, but still, it, there was no problem back in the day when I was shooting Nazis on the old uh, <laughs> Super Nintendo or the or the DOS computer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, not Nazis are widely known as being um, basically scum of the earth, right? I mean, I mean, that's yeah. basically. I yeah. don't think there's really any argument there. I don't really know why it was such a big deal. I guess people just making an issue just to make an issue. I don't know. It's it's yeah. it didn't affect me any. I looked at that and I was like, oh yeah, that that makes sense. People are shooting yeah. Nazis in the game. So <laughs> Nazis, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I have no problem with that marketing campaign. I don't know. I, I no. guess because it's too close to stuff that happened in real life. I guess I don't know. Oh yeah, that's right. With the whole uh, March thing they did. Yeah, in, in, that's uh, all I can assume. Um, but uh, Dave, what, you were playing some of your Switch a little bit, weren't you? Just a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Octopath Traveler is really cool. Um, played some demos, you know. But uh, like I've always said, uh, the games I'm looking forward to are always Mario Odyssey and Xenoblade Chronicles 2. So those are all coming up um, really soon. And did you, um, um, you you didn't get? Did you get Destiny 2? No, I haven't. I haven't gotten that. I mean, there's uh, just there's so many. There's so many games. That's the one get. game I, I play a lot whenever I have some time. Is I usually try to play some Destiny too. But now I'm kind of kicking myself because the PC version is coming up, and I think I'm gonna uh, get it on the PC. <laughs> Sixty frames um, per second. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you said you don't have it yet. Um, were you gonna consider getting it on the PC instead of uh, the other systems? Or I man, I really don't know. You know, I really don't know yet. I have to see. I have to see some more. Uh, see how the PC version ends up being. You know, they always say something. You know, I mean, sometimes they uh, say the PC version will be the best when it actually ends up being the worst and has all kinds of bugs when they release it because they prioritize the console versions over the PC versions a lot of time for mm. games like that where they have such marketing push for the PS4 and Xbox One version. So we'll I'll wait and see. Yeah, we'll see. It's gonna be um, it's gonna be interesting. I know Digital Foundry did a uh, video where they showed. It running well on like much lesser hardware so i think the probably the best bet is to go with pc if you can just because yeah. you get a better frame rate obviously it'll look better um but i think you were bringing up that the multiplayer is 30 frames per second on all platforms correct xbox one ps4 uh original and ps4 pro and then of course the scorp or uh, xbox one x is going to be uh, 30 frames per second right Yes, uh -huh, because because it seems to be all right. Destiny described it as the, the developer described it as being CPU limited. There's a chance that the X could do 60 frames, but that would give it an unfair advantage over the uh, the other consoles. So that's probably why they're saying, or it's lesser. You know, just the regular Xbox One S. Yeah, they want to keep it fair across the board. Because let's be realistic: how many people are actually going to be playing online with an X versus an S? A lot more people have the S. So yeah, I, I don't even know how well the X is even gonna is gonna sell it. I don't know anyone else who's buying one other than me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does represent a uh, competitive advantage when you play on 60 frames per second versus 30 frames. It's just the input is way better, obviously. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah, definitely. It's a lot. It, yeah, the the reaction timing is better and everything. But mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know anyone. I mean, are you are you buying an X? 
Dave? I, I haven't have it. I don't have it pre-ordered right now. I don't. So maybe we'll see. I, I'm I'm still okay. waiting to see on that. Yeah. Uh, I end up pre-ordering the Scorpio edition, so I'll get like the premium one. But I'm taking it apart, so I'm gonna ruin it's how premium it is, I guess. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Cuphead looks really good, and you know, I'm tempted to yeah, play it. I haven't, I haven't played it on PC. Oh. No, I haven't played it. That's the other one I've been playing this week. I whenever I get a chance to play that too. But uh, man, is it? It's it's good. It's yeah. good if you haven't played it. Whew. Oh, Twenty man, bucks, right? Yes, yeah, twenty bucks. It's so worth it. It's so worth no, it. No, no loot crates inside the game, like animated. <laughs> no, <laughs> no loot crates. No loot crates. <laughs> uh, Leo Aguilar put uh, put put a super chat in. Did you did you hear about the Nvidia GeForce Now for Mac? Um, I did not hear hmm. about that. When did that um, come? I, out? I am always curious about Nvidia stuff, as you know. <laughs> um, yeah. GeForce Now on the Mac. That's interesting. I'll check that real quick to see. Uh, Oh yeah, there it is. GeForce Now for Mac. Turn your Mac into virtual. Oh, okay. So this is um, that's interesting. Okay, so it's that's basically the same idea as um, like it's like a streaming service, kind of like PlayStation Now, except you're uh, you're going to be streaming ah. any of these things, and they're using the NVIDIA GPU, their their kind of their GPU farm that they have. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that's been on PC for a little while. It says it's in beta for Mac now, but it's kind of like uh, kind of like how On Live was. Right, right. Um, kind of like that. That's interesting that they brought well, it to they, Mac at this point. If they do that for Mac, you would think that would be compatible with an, uh, a, all your Apple products, right? So You figure, yeah. I wonder if you would get to the point where you do that on your iPad. I don't know how well that would run. but <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I went with the Galaxy you know, Note 8, but the uh, if they did that, that would be cool. They could, you could stream it anywhere to your device that way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I had not heard about that. That's a, that's a good pickup. Uh, uh, Leo, that's a good pickup. I did not know about that. I'll check that out though. Um, I don't have any Macs in my house, unfortunately. <laughs> um, now, yeah, I was, we, I think we talked about it a year ago when the switch first was announced, uh, that <laughs> why couldn't they do that through NVIDIA as well with the switch, you know, do some kind of GeForce now thing. Oh, they could absolutely. Could. You know, I mean, so oh, they, they- they definitely could. Yeah, that would actually be a cool idea, though, if they, mm-hmm. if them and Nintendo come to a an agreement on that. But that sounds kind of like Rainway, then, um, to a degree. <laughs> like, they could have Rainway, uh, which I did talk to the uh, Andrew at, from Rainway, and he said that they're going to have um, a monetization strategy similar to that, where you rent a computer and play games. Mm-hmm. So, um, that is a... That is a good idea. Uh, let me see. Well, I was waiting for Max to jump in. He's running a little late, but how about we jump okay. over to... One of the topics I have set up because I want to save a few of these for Max because I know he I know he's going to want to chime in on at right. least three of these <laughs> that I have here. <laughs> uh, so Oculus announced Oculus Go, um, and I'm going to go over it real quick with you. It's a it's a uh, it's a portable VR headset. You don't need anything attached to it. You don't need a system. You don't need a cell phone. You don't need a computer. Um, and you just you you put it on and you can play. What they are saying um, the sweet spot between mobile and like high-end PC. So it's probably going to be a mobile chipset. Uh, but So it's not going to play anything like crazy ridiculous, but it'll be a wireless headset. It's $200. It's a 1440p screen. Wow. So it's a 2560 by 1440. That's what I said when I heard that. I was like, <laughs> wow, that's, uh, that's a higher resolution than I would have thought. That's higher than PlayStation VR. Right, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's and they, awesome. they call it a fast-switching LCD, which is where the pixels can switch, uh, basically turn off and on very quickly, which is supposed to... Uh, really helped the, with the screen door effect that people complain about a lot. 
-hmm. and it's an interesting step for VR. It doesn't have this is this is something people are going to mention in the chat. I up oh, someone just popped up, but doesn't have positional tracking, so it can't mm. tell where you are. <laughs> oh, okay. You can tell that when you spin around, but when you start moving, it cannot tell you're moving. Okay, so um, what about your hand movements? It, it it can notice. It has um. It does come with it. Look like a motion control. Okay. So it came with a controller as well. It looked like, uh, but it's designed to really appeal, I think, to the mainstream. This is their shot at the low end because when you mm. bring a, uh, something like this out, you need something for the low end consumer and something for the person who wants a high end system. That's why the gaming market works so well if there are multiple companies in because you can have Microsoft target the high end, but then you can also have like something like a PS4 that's stronger than the Xbox One S, but it's also anywhere between two and 250 depending on if you shop around. Right. Um, so you can spend that much or you can spend $500 on an X, you know, so you can kind of move around with that. Um, in this case, Facebook and Oculus are actually going to try attempt to sell to that lower end market that somebody like HTC and the Vive are not selling to right now. Right. Um, so, and you don't need a system. You don't need a cell phone. That is a, to me, that's a an impulse buy if I've ever seen one when you walk into a store. So it's just a headset really. And, and what else do you need in the, the, the controller and, it comes with a controller. Basically, you walk in, you spend 200 bucks, you leave, and you have an all-in-one unit that has a processor, a battery, uh, a flash memory, everything. Yeah, it's, apparently it's going to run Android is what they're saying. Do you know how, how powerful the uh, processor is? Nothing on the specs yet. No, no chipset. Okay. I assume it's going to be a Snapdragon of some kind with an Adreno, so it probably won't be super powerful. Like It'll probably be um, probably as fast as some of the strongest cell phones right now. Okay. Is my okay. assumption. Um, so they, they're saying it's more for the casual audience, people who want to play some of the, maybe the cell phone games or watch movies or something with the VR headsets, surf the web. Uh, but you're not playing doom obviously with it or anything like that. <laughs> I think um, that's a good idea actually, because you can get the experience for a lot cheaper that way and then see if it's, if it works for you. And then when it higher, then you can step up to a higher model, maybe the PSVR and then work your way up from there. Um, when it becomes more affordable. That's a great point. I don't think I don't think enough people realize this. You need low-end products like that to convince them to then move up to something like a PlayStation VR or something like a Vive and invest mm -hmm. in that because the, the the reason people don't want to get into that is because it costs so much money and they don't know if it's worth their time or something they'll enjoy. But yeah. 200 bucks and you can just try it essentially. $200 is enough where you can make a mistake and be like, "Ah, it's not for mm -hmm. me. I'll move on." But if you spend $1000, you better like that headset, <laughs> you know? You yeah. better enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, that's an excellent idea because it, it can really uh, bring some more people into the into the mold playing VR. So it's something something to consider. VR needs it, man. They do. I, I mean, I know PlayStation VR has sold over a million units at this point, but that took them a year to sell a million units to a crowd of sixty over sixty million PS4s. Yeah, it's uh, it's hard to break it to break through something like that when you have to actually isolate yourself from you know everyone around you and you know try something brand new that hasn't been done before. It's just it's hard. Yeah, it's 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 tough. Uh, Greenbolt says, "Have a nice day." Well, thank you. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we will do that. <laughs> um, I, it's going to be interesting. And then, of course, they can uh, slap them in a bunch of different stores. Have you try it out? Uh, I'm not a big fan of trying these VR headsets out in person or public, I guess. But apparently, you can go to most of these stores and try it out as well when they put them in. I thought you did. Didn't you try it in a in a store when it came out last year? The the VR. I, I did. That's, I, that's. I mean, I tried the PlayStation VR. Then I also uh, know a few people that have PlayStation VRs. Um, but I don't. I haven't really 
invested in PlayStation VR because I was I've st- I'm still trying to figure out which one I want. Do mm-hmm. I want a Vive? Do I want a PlayStation VR? I feel like I'd probably just get a PlayStation VR, but they're, they were still expensive, and then I drop in price, and now I'm waiting for them to release a wireless version because I think that's coming soon. There you go. Yeah, is what I think is gonna happen. So I'm so I'm 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 timid to jump in because I, I just I feel like the next version is like right over the hill. <laughs> I buy this one, and then they announce that one. Um, is what I'm concerned about. I'm thinking in ten years they'll have it all integrated into one system, and you could just you know do it all at the, all at the same time. <laughs> yeah yeah (laughs) that's the hope is that i don't have to like they come out with a playstation system and it's like the vr headset and that's it yeah yeah or (laughs) some kind of uh some kind of ar maybe augmented reality like they mix the two so you don't have to actually isolate yourself from everyone around you Mm -hmm. that would be cool that's what microsoft is trying to do with their mixed reality yeah yeah i mean but you know maybe more yeah maybe more mainstream somehow get it you know get it really integrated smoothly by then Oh, I'm uh Max is running late, so we'll just start talking about some of the some of the stuff that we have here. Um actually let me make sure he has even the the link. I think he does. Uh let's jump into some of the stuff we had written down here and then we'll catch <laughs> back up with him when he gets in here. So <laughs> IGN buys Humble Bundle. Very, humble very bundle. out of left humble. Yeah, I know it's so weird to say. In the video <laughs> I made for it, I said it like eight times, and I was starting to trip over my my words when I was doing it. Um, IGN buys humble bundle, and people are confused to put it lightly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no one knows why they did this. I don't know why they did this. I don't know. It's um, it's an odd situation. I mean, I guess IGN thought, hey. Let's buy them because they're making money right now. And I'm sure IGN thinks they can put a spin of their own on it in some way. Um, What they should do is use their resources, which their money, and think about expanding on their their publishing side of the games because their Humble Bundle publishes games. They published A Hat in Time, for example. Yeah. So I would like them to, to, to maybe accept more applications for some of these smaller games and put some more money behind some of the indies. Um, yeah. But I know... I know you have an opinion on this, Dave. So yeah, I mean, my initial reaction is was not. I'm not really a fan of the of the acquisition personally. I mean, mm-hmm. they are a, a website that reviews video games. So I mean, it's like when you buy a company like that and start pu- being the publisher of them, it doesn't. It, I mean, you would think it creates a, a conflict of interest there when you when you do, when you do something like that. And this and is, also yeah. also you know to, to to go along with that, they're supposed to be doing it for charity, right? A humble humble bundle isn't that like a charity thing? And when yep. you start mixing charity with making money, as IGN obviously wants to make money, uh, I, I mean that's that's like a that's beyond the gray line there. It's not really a gray line. <laughs> that's um. It's it's concerning, isn't it? Yeah, because <laughs> IGN's gonna maybe review a game that they're even publishing. Like, what yeah. if a Hat in Time was had come out next year and IGN owns Humble Bundle and they're publishing it? Does that game get a, a, a when it maybe is supposed to get a seven? Does it automatically get a nine and then ads yeah. are all over it for it? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't quite, I don't understand that. So yeah, it's it's uh, it's really questionable. What's I mean, I mean, they could have been like uh, like G, uh, Jeff Keeley, you know, and and just sponsor, you know, Mountain Dew and Doritos. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, why did it have to be a humble bundle? You know, the, what happened there? I mean, they they had a statement about it, like, whoa, they, you know, IGN sees our vision, you know, for charity. I'm like, what are you talking about? I don't, yeah. I don't see that. 
it's a little odd. I mean, IGN has to have a strategy here. You don't, if you're a company, you don't just go out and buy other companies for fun. Yeah. Like, there yeah, has I to don't be get something. It. And I'm, I had this other thought. I was like, well, maybe IGN realizes that if they buy Humble Bundle, they can either use some of the, uh, the charitable donations as tax write-offs, maybe. <laughs> I thought about that. They oh, also, man. They can also put into like some of their advertising that, hey, we've raised, because uh, Humble Bundles raised over $100 million for charity. They could be like, you know, we're good people. We raised hundreds of millions of dollars for charity. <laughs> yeah, and only only $20 million of it goes to IGN. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, that's the thing. You know, large corporations, I've been, I've been, you know, saying this about IGN for a while. You know, I mean, it's just my opinion, but they've been getting really big, bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's just, when you get that big, um, the, the money aspect becomes the prime focus. I mean, obviously, it's always the prime focus when it, when you get big as a as a corporation or website. But when it becomes that big, when it actually infringes on your own what you're doing yourself as a as a a company, it's it's just it's questionable. Especially when another company's doing it for charity, and you're saying, yeah, you know, we're doing it too. It's yeah, I don't really like it personally. It it yeah, it's, I think it's concerning. Um, a lot of people were really scared because they. A lot of people like Humble Bundle. It was a cool service. I bought stuff from there all the time, mm -hmm. um, like constantly. And now it's concerning because, you know, Humble Bundle <laughs> is going to have IGN or the corporation lurking in the background while you're while we probably watch it transform. It's going to change eventually. I don't know when, but not in the short term, right? I don't think we're right. going to see a change in the short They even said not the short term, but then they go on to say, we'll do something basically to this. <laughs> um, yeah. oh, that, this is a good point here by Charlie, and I was actually going to get to this point, Charlie, but I appreciate you bringing it up. Um, GameStop owns Game Informer, of course. GameStop does publish video games. They do. They, um, they <laughs> help bring... Uh, has been heroes, I think, to 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 retail. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Game Informer reviewed the game that GameStop published. Um, got oddly got a poor review, and it was called Song of the Deep. I remember that too. Um, here's the interesting thing about Game Informer, and I, I I'll give GameStop and Game Informer some credit. They operate very separately. Um, in fact, if you didn't know any better, you wouldn't know that GameStop owned them. Or yeah, it was a it's not widely known. Yeah, they don't, it's more of a think geek. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, they 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 use it obviously to inform their customers and push advertising because there are there's advertising in there, um, but they do a very good job with that magazine. Shockingly so with a company like GameStop, I'll say that. Uh, shockingly so, but it's um, I I trust Game Informer more so than you would think with uh, GameStop behind them. Mm -hmm. But I I think they look at that as. Uh, they have freelancers that work with them as well. I, I don't know. It's weird that they would attack something like Song of the Deep when GameStop is publishing it. Mm -hmm. um, I, don't, I don't even know what to make of that. What do you, what do you think, Dave? Why would, they, why would they... You think they're just keeping their, their journalistic integrity with that? It's not worth it to them? Yeah, I, you mean Game Informer? Yeah, 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 I'm sorry, Game Informer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, Game Informer has been a thing for quite a long time before GameStop. So I, mm -hmm. I don't know. It's, it's really hard to say. They, they may have some kind of something in writing beforehand that may have said that you know you guys have absolutely no control over our reviews at all i mean there may be some kind of uh, agreement like that in writing mm -hmm. here's the thing a lot of people don't also don't realize is when a game gets a bad review that's not necessarily a death sentence for that game mm -hmm. because some places again some places not all places some places see any publicity as good publicity 
And believe it or not, it's sometimes it's better to be the worst game in the world rather than being a middle of the road game that disappears in the crowd because at least people are talking about you. Yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Remember that game that um this is this is a funny story. Remember that game that uh the anger video game nerd reviewed i mean any game he reviews right but there was this one where it was like a, a trucking game and you could go like a like 200 yeah. miles an hour backwards and stuff i yeah. was looking for that game because i wanted to play it <laughs> um because of that and you, you'll exactly. hear it from all of these different retro game stores or, or online organizations when he reviews a game people go out and look for it on ebay anything like that so i if me personally i'd rather be the worst game in the world rather than mm -hmm. be an average game yeah, like uh, Superman 64. I mean, how many more yeah. sales has that game got? Because oh my it's gosh. the worst game in history, right? Uh, people uh, are saying I mean, big rigs in the chat. Big rigs, yeah, that's what it is. Thanks, chat. But yeah, you, you, uh, an N64 classic, you got, you got to have Superman 64 on there. Gotta oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Why not? Just improve the frame rate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, make that thing 60 so I can hit those rings. That was the, the problem, man. That thing was like 10 to 15 frames per second at times when you're flying. You know, funny story about Superman 64. When I, I rented that game, I believe, in 1999 when it came out, I believe, mm -hmm. or 98. And um, I, I remember, I think I beat the game and I rented it. It was like really short and really frustrating. But I was like, I didn't know that. You know, this was like before the internet was really, you know, everyone was so so connected back in the 90s. And I, I didn't realize just how bad everyone thought the game was. I thought the game was not that good, but I was mm. like, eh, you know, it wasn't it wasn't the worst game I've ever played because I beat the game. But uh, come to find out, it's been considered the worst game of all time after that. <laughs> and yeah, of course, I, I never bought it. Trolls, man. If it wasn't for that flying part where you go through rings and they refine some of the gameplay, it wouldn't have been a terrible game. Yeah, no, I mean, the rings, I was like, okay, this is just a tutorial. I was like, I'll, you know, I'll get through these rings and we'll get to the real game. <laughs> and uh, so I did that. And then I was like, yeah, this is kind of repetitive, boring, you know, eh, I'll beat it and return it. And so I did. And I said, you know, that it wasn't really that good of a game. But I, the thought never occurred to me as worst game ever at the time. But then looking yeah. back on it now, I'm like, yeah, it probably was. <laughs> uh, so let's, um, let's move into uh, our, our favorite favorite thing to talk about those are loot boxes <laughs> or loot crates or loot crates loot whatever you want to call it whatever you want to call them it's not, um, not to be confused with what you get in the mail as a loot crate that you're actually yeah, excited I for mean, i mean technically it is it is the same thing technically <laughs> think about it yeah. but you at least get physical goods that generally are worth the money that you pay usually um, yeah but here we are now with what seems to be every single game coming out big triple a game anyway uh has loot boxes in them and mm -hmm. it's it's almost like it happened overnight, isn't it? Like, I, I like I feel like three months ago we weren't talking about any of this stuff, and now yeah. we're talking about this in every single game. It's like they kept it under wraps until recently, yeah. right? <laughs> You're right. Do you have the list of all the games of uh, that they have it all I can in? Name now? you probably most of them off the top of my head. Obviously, we we know Overwatch. I'm not even gonna think of that one because that's that's old news. Battlefront Two. I'm thinking Battlefront Two, Shadow of War. Uh, Call of mm -hmm. Duty. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. There was there was another one I, I had on my list here um, when I made the video. I mean, uh, doesn't Destiny Two have them to some extent? Uh, Destiny Two, yes, they have. Um, you buy uh, it, what are they Ingrams or something? It's yeah, you can pay though for silver, which then buys you what essentially are loot crates. Yeah, <laughs> um, I haven't heard much about Assassin's Creed yet. Uh, did, did that Assassin's have it as well? Does too. Yes, yes. it does. Okay. Um, Forza also has it. 
I don't, I don't get that one. <laughs> yeah, what's, what's really bad though is they took a part of Forza Six out, which are the racing modifiers. You would okay. basically earn racing modifiers through normal means, or no, I'm sorry, you just turn them on because the idea is you turn it on to make the race harder. Like maybe you turn it from daytime where it has good visibility to nighttime and like raining, mm -hmm. and you would get thirty percent more currency depending on which place you come in. Then, um, so you're basically like betting on yourself. Like I can get through this and I'll get thirty percent more currency. Well, they decided to put those in loop boxes now. <laughs> so, so you have to open a loop box to get a modifier to then put on there to then get more credits to then buy more loop boxes to get more modifiers. To, <laughs> you see what I'm saying here? Like yeah. it's crazy. The and, problem um, yeah. is just insane. The problem is it becomes a race, right? It becomes a literal race to see who can progress farther in the game faster. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And to do that, though, you have to purchase your progression which destroys the um the challenge and the fun it, it ends up destroying the fun of the game mm -hmm. yeah and, and the, uh, real, the real problem is um we're starting to see this as well where developers are starting to try to hide the fact that you can use money for mm -hmm. example uh max pointed this out to me the other day on twitter halo 5 did this at one point they actually patched in the ability to use a credit card to buy currency um and now forts is doing the wow. same thing they already said we're going to patch in a way for you to buy money in game with your credit card yeah it's it's just it's getting out of control because of the uh, the amount of progression you can buy is is way too high basically like mm -hmm. i can understand you do because they've always had a little bit of this stuff going on for a while and i've seen some other guys on youtube talk about it who were saying um basically that they have had loop loot crates loot boxes whatever in these games for maybe the last five years at least or you know at, to a small degree um, but now it's just so huge that it it's, it becomes like a mobile game. Uh, you know, like you're free to play, but you can pay to win. You know, exactly. Yeah, that's but you're still paying sixty bucks up front anyway. Isn't that crazy? That's the problem. Like, <laughs> I wouldn't mind as much. It sounds maybe a little bad. I wouldn't mind as much if it was free and they had loot boxes and they were banking on those and they just give the game away. If they were smart, they would they would try that one time to bet on it and see if it worked because you're going to get more money if you have a larger audience by mm -hmm. far. Um, we see it with Clash of Clans, which makes obscene amounts of money, mm -hmm. like way too much money um, because they give the game away and they make sure they have an audience. Whereas the $60 price tag to get in is kind of high for a lot of people in the first place. And then you add on the fact that you maybe you want to get DLC and, and you know you get the old season pass. Mm -hmm. And um, and it turns into a lot of money when you're all said and done. Over a hundred dollars most times. Well, um, did they announce any prices for these boxes yet? Like Battlefront Two? No, nothing yet. They're no. gonna um, they're gonna apparently tell us. I think uh, it's still under consideration, is what they said. <laughs> uh, and uh, they were trying to smooth everything out after people started going nuts on them by saying your level affects what you get out of these crates. Yeah, I saw that statement. Yeah. Yes. Um, it's still not good though, because <laughs> it's still it's still bad that people can buy crates with money and then get the edge on you. Um, yeah, it, it doesn't make any sense to, to do it that far, and uh, th that's how they got away with saying, "Hey, free DLC for Battlefront 2, right? I mean, because yep. because they know that <laughs> it just had to be something, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So I mean, it, it destroys the the fun of the game. You buy a new game, you want to enjoy your product that you you purchase for at full price go in there and play and then you end up getting murdered you know like a zero kills 20 deaths to the guy who has everything unlocked day one because he spent an extra hundred dollars on loot boxes 
Well, let me ask you this. All right. So they're trying to tell us that uh, it's just getting too expensive to make games, like big AAA games for what they get back. And to a degree, I can understand that because games aren't, it's not like they're getting cheaper to make. They're going to get more expensive as we go along because people want, you know, better visuals. They want a bigger game. But really, it comes down to how do they get more money back? Is it better for them to say, you know what, it's going to be $70 now? Mm. Or is it better for them to try to sneak these loot crates in or other means of getting money from uh, people who have maybe gambling issues, for example? Uh, you know, the, the whales, as they call them. Um, is it better for them to suffer, keep putting stuff in, and then it stays 60 and people are just annoyed otherwise? Or do you just make the game 70 bucks across the board? It's $10 per, you know, each copy more that they sell. So if, let's say 10 million sell well you know you do the math 100 million um Mm -hmm. is that is that worth it more for them to do that is it better for the consumer to just pay an extra 10 bucks not have to worry about any of this i i I agree with you actually 100 percent. that is an excellent idea because uh you get the full experience you pay a little bit more but you also don't have to worry about other guys taking advantage of of the system that the developer took took you know and to try to make more money off of that, those type of people in order to um, progress in the game further for the for the player so if that's a great idea I think they could still have loot loot boxes for like little extra perks here and there but nothing that would destroy the experience for new players there's got to be a balance but raising Cosmetics, the price maybe yeah 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 uh, skins whatever uh, maps that kind of stuff but like you said raising the price like I paid uh, I was paying $75, $80 for games in the 90s for Super yes. Nintendo and 94. Turok 2, I spent $80 for. I mean, it was worth every, every penny because I loved the I loved the game. Yeah. You know, that, that kind of thing. So if you make a great product, you're spending hundreds of millions of dollars, whatever it is, on these AAA third-party games, $69.99, no, no biggie. You know, people are going to buy the game. We we did that, but, but we adapted when they went from 50 to 60. Yeah. Right. We we said, well, okay. I guess it's going to be more expensive to make these high definition games, and now we're making the, uh, a bigger jump. Uh, really, you could argue from the standard def to 1080p. 1080p to 4K is a lot bigger than a lot of people realize resolution wise. If you want to make that argument, um, and maybe yeah. it does cost more money to where they're. I mean, they let's be realistic. If they were making money hand over fist, I don't think they'd be trying to possibly damage their their image with these loot crates. It seems. We, I know, I know, we see corporations as greedy and money hungry, and sure, they're they're out to make money, but it almost seems like a big risk to damage your image in the gaming world by sneaking these loot crates in, which people are not happy about. Obviously, the, well, the backlash I mean, is massive. Yeah, the, the the developer themselves makes the game, and they have a they have a goal to set out, and they say, yeah, this is what we're gonna have in the game. It's gonna be great. I mean, everything looks great. And then the then the corporation people, the publisher, they come in, and they'd be like, well. Okay, well, we need more money then because this gets costs way too much. So you got to put this, this, this in there, and they're like, oh, fine, you know. So they put loot boxes in there and to to get more money out of people. I mean, I think that's what we're seeing. It's publishers like EA, Activision, Blizzard, whatever, Ubisoft, they're putting this extra stuff in there to to get more money because they're putting so much marketing. Uh, little do people know, but marketing costs a lot of money for these games, like multi multi million dollar marketing campaigns. So those TV spots you see. I was at a, I was at a restaurant with my wife uh, just uh, yesterday. Actually, we went out to eat. I saw I saw four commercials. Uh, I saw Assassin's Creed. I saw uh, Call of Duty, um, and I saw um, another. Uh, I think it was Wolfenstein. One of the one of those games, mm-hmm. like four times like, each. They're doing like like an hour. You know, it's just like 
on, on a sports channel, basically in the background, yeah. right? I gotta say, it's it seems like it's a honestly at this point they'd probably get reach more people on YouTube advertising than they would on TV yeah. at this point. But those um, TV ads cost millions of dollars, right? Mm -hmm. And on YouTube, it doesn't yeah. cost as much. Yeah, they they would reach. Oh, they'd be so much more efficient. But it's interesting when they get into marketing and they budget everything out. They don't really care. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. like, well, it's fine. Well, like they they almost want to spend a lot of money on marketing for some reason. I don't know if it's easier yeah. for them on taxes or something. I don't know. Well, the thing it's is, too crazy. You know, we upload videos on YouTube, and they're gaming related videos. So obviously, our partner puts gaming related content in the advertising for our videos. Now, so that appeals to our audience, but when you people that go to the restaurants and la di da di da watching sports or watching in the background, I mean, they see a commercial pop up that doesn't really appeal to them necessarily. But the marketing campaign wants to draw those people in to, to grab them to buy their product. That's where it costs so much money because you're putting something in a market where it's not always going to be there. Right, right. But I still, I mean, on YouTube, they they're so refined for. Who you're putting your stuff in front of? Because if somebody's watching a makeup channel, and eh, maybe I won't show them Assassin's Creed, right? <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. You know, but maybe they're watching. Um, I don't know. Maybe they're watching sports highlights, and you're like, okay, well, this person might be. I mean, you know, more than likely, I'm sure they look at the charts. Like, all right, it's probably a male. If they're online watching the the, the Eagles or something, their their mm -hmm. uh, their highlights. They maybe they're probably between 18 and 36 or something. You know, and we'll yep. we'll show them Assassin's Creed. It seems like it makes yeah. more sense to be on YouTube or just online in general. Um, I feel like TV ads probably just cost a lot of these companies just too much money in the first place for what they get back. Um, yeah, I mean, um, and then they go to the Super Bowl, right? And they, they that's the perfect oh, time. Like Nintendo did that. They spent yeah. who knows how much money on the Switch then. They were oh, very successful. Yeah. Um, I mean, it worked. Yeah. <laughs> it worked, I guess. But, but usually you watch a sports uh, uh, video like that. It will show that like, maybe Madden or FIFA, right? I mean, that makes sense. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, any type of targeted marketing is going to cost extra money if you're not putting it in the market that it's, it's, it's targeting in the first place. So they're going to charge you more money for that. So marketing definitely plays a, a, a big uh, part of it um, mm -hmm. in the cost of these games. That, that's all figured out. And plus the salary of the developers themselves. These guys are making probably hundred, you know, three figures a year. you got to pay if the game takes two to three years to make. 200, 200 man team, man, that is a lot of money they got to pay just to make the game. Yeah, I it's it's hard to say. I can't look at their balance sheet. Obviously, they no, can. No. I can't. But um, I do wonder at times because people assume that that sixty dollars goes right back to the publishers and developers. It doesn't. Um, right. I'd say about forty five dollars actually makes its way back to them from every six dollar game sold. Mm -hmm. So maybe. I mean, yeah. Well, I, like I know, Give for example, when I was buying um. Gears of War, for example, like I did ordering for Gears of War four. That's the most recent game I ordered. It was forty nine and a half dollars. So it was forty nine dollars fifty cents um, for me to buy it. So uh, there you go. That's that's that much off the top. I know the wholesalers make about two bucks on each one. Mm -hmm. So they were probably getting forty seven dollars back or so after shipping. Yeah, um, and that's that's a sixty dollar game. So uh, it makes you wonder, you know, how much money are they actually getting? I don't know. Well, uh, so getting back to what we're talking about with the loot boxes, uh, mm -hmm. the, uh, raising the price of the game to $70 could help because uh, what this is doing now with loot boxes could be discouraging sales for, to the consumer because this is becoming widespread and it may, they may be costing themselves a couple million of sales anyway, you know, and people just won't, won't buy the game. And so they're, then they're relying on people to buy these loot boxes to make their money. So I think they should just figure out a balance there. Yeah. Well, let me let me ask you a question on this. We see games that come out that don't need to be uh, that expensive, um, mm -hmm. but they're still good. Like Hellblade came out, um, good game, 
Mm-hmm. Not expensive. Uh, it's $30. It's what right. they call a double A game. But the visuals in that look better than most of the triple A games. And it got good reviews, got nine out of 10. Um, yep. And it's a $30 game that comes out, no loot crates, no loot boxes, nothing crazy like that. Done by uh, Ninja Theory, developed on Unreal Engine, published by Ninja Theory. So it's. Um, Do they, you I know really, how many people uh, developed the game? Like the size of the team? Oh, that's a good question. I wish I could tell you off the top of my head. Um, I don't think it was like a massive development team, though. Um, Sometimes what happens is, is that I've talked to a few people who've, you know, involved in that kind of stuff. Is sometimes what happens is, is that the quality of the programmers themselves are depends a lot on how many people you have making the game, especially if it's like an, an independently made game. So if you've got really good developers uh, programming the game like that, you could get away with like twenty five guys, you know, making a triple A AAA looking quality game. Maybe it's not as massive. Maybe it doesn't have as many online features. Maybe it doesn't have as many levels. Someone's saying between 15 and 16 people. Okay, you see? Mm-hmm. Those guys are really talented then, right? Yeah. And then, then you have you know, large corporations who have uh, 200, 300 you know, man teams. What is, what is the, you know, these 20 people doing? What are these 20 people doing? Are they all doing the same thing? Are they all focused on one thing and doing little bits here and there? I mean, it becomes really convoluted for games like that i think so ah they, they, you know it's really hard to say it's balance though is needed badly yeah you do you think it's um do you think it's uh it's possible that it's better to have less just less developers in general because if you have like a hundred man team like you're mm-hmm. saying maybe it gets a little too crazy back and forth messages get lost memos are not read um do you think it's just you know, easier you know what? Yeah. enough people you could fit into one conference room you're absolutely right. I think we, we may be seeing this with Final Fantasy VII Remake right now mm. because that game has been uh, going on and on and on and on and on, and they probably have, like like we said, maybe a 200-man team there. And you got you got three different, maybe three or four different sections of a team working on three or four different sections of the game, and if there's not good communication and they come, and they come together at the end and they say, hey, wait a second, this part doesn't line up with this part, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to, to delay the game a little bit and fix this. But whereas if you have a smaller team, maybe 20, 25 to 50 people all working together to accomplish the same thing, maybe their target is a much more you know um, streamlined and they can really focus on getting the game done. I think a AAA third party has gotten to the point where it gets so huge that you, if you got one part that's lagging, other part that's done, it's gonna delay the game anyway. So right, it's, right, absolutely. It's weird. Um, so uh, I guess we'll we'll jump into the 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 next topic, which is it might, it might I don't know how I don't know how controversial this is right now because it's still kind of ongoing, right? Yeah, um, allegedly. Alleged. These are all <laughs> allegations. We need to make that as clear as possible. But it's blown up on the internet. People are kind of running around, not sure what to do, not sure who to believe or what's happening. Right. right. Um, I, I like to assume that uh, this person is 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 what they believe happened or what actually happened. I don't know. But as far as we say right now, it's no statements been made on Sony or Naughty Dog's part, but it is allegations that are out there right now. This was posted on David. Do, do you know, you know this person? Um, Dave? David Ballard, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. For, former Naughty Dog employee. Yeah. No, I don't oh, know him yeah. <laughs> personally, but, but you, I have, you, I have you, heard you of him. You came on, 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 uh, online when we were talking and you were like, Oh, David Ballard. I know him. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I didn't say I knew him. No, no, no. Oh, it just I, seemed like you were—you at least had recognized his name. Is what yeah, I, mean. I reckon. Yeah, okay. I definitely recognized his name as a former Naughty Dog employee. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, it, it, allegedly, if true, you know, these allegations, you know, are not good. 
<laughs> I mean, you know, yeah. but go ahead. Yeah. You, you go ahead and then. Oh, no, it's fine. Uh, so essentially what happened is uh, David Ballard posted on Twitter. This was seriously like earlier today. It was a couple hours ago, I think, right? Maybe like six, six hours ago or so. Mm-hmm. Um, in late 2015, David Ballard said that he was uh, sexually harassed at Naughty Dog by a lead. So a supervisor, essentially. Um, we don't know who, there, no names or anything have been put out there, um, saying that their their environment became extremely toxic afterwards, after this happened. I assume there was some conflict or something. Maybe he was like, no, or, you know, who knows what happened there. But And then in February, I uh, had a mental breakdown at work, and uh, the PlayStation, PlayStation, Sony PlayStation HR, according to them, uh, became involved and uh, talked about the harassment. And then the next day, David was let go. Um, yeah. citing a, a uh, I guess just um, just saying, oh, they're moving in a different direction, you know, that kind of speak. But yeah. a- again, these are allegations, according to David, they tried to offer him $20,000 to essentially not talk of the harassment and kind of uh, essentially forget about it, you know, sweep it under yeah. the rug, forget about it. But David declined that and said, no, that's okay. And then was has been unemployed for 17 months, recently has seen all of the harassment allegations or at least people coming forward, talking about their experiences with their bosses and everything. And David decided to post a um, really this entire thing on Twitter, which is still up on his Twitter now. Um, and it brings into, at this point, questions around Sony and Naughty Dog is, is where this is all pointing to that I assume they're, they've kind of come under the microscope now because I see it mm. all over the internet right now. Um, no, no, um, statement has been released by Sony or Naughty Dog at this time. It's, it happens to be on the weekend. Um, yeah. when, when this kind of things happen on the weekend, PR people aren't even at work right now, to be honest. Um, if we do get a statement, it would probably be Monday, I assume. Um, um yeah, probably it sounds like he's, he was been feeling, uh, guilty maybe about this, or it's been bothering him for a couple of years and he finally just had enough and let it up. Maybe that this recent story with this other guy on going on the news, I forgot his name. Was it Weinstein? Or yeah, Wein- I think that's what's happening. Yeah, that's that that's dude. all over the place right now. So like the sexual harassment thing is a hot topic. So maybe he decided to come forward himself right now. It doesn't look like he's out for um, notoriety or anything like that. Um, it's just like he wants to let it off off his chest. But so basically what you were describing is if for people listening is that he was offered a, a non-disclosure agreement with money attached to it so he wanted he wanted to you know basically they wanted to pay him off basically and not talk about it so he had to sign he was going to sign something and um then he declined it so i think that was probably a smart decision by him yeah i I, it makes you wonder how many people maybe took the money and haven't said anything (laughs) Um, you know that's the concern hey max is in here hey can y'all hear me yeah. Uh, yeah, we can't okay. see you, but we can hear you. I, I can't find my uh, – I think my webcam is in a box. Sorry, I'm 11 oh, no, minutes fine. late there. It's because you've, you've been moving, in, right? Yes, I can see everything. Sorry about being late there. I literally I, – I was stuck in traffic. I was trying to run boxes there. I was like, I have time for one more load, and now Loot I'm boxes? Late. Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Loot crates to the new house. We, talk, we, we ran over some of that stuff. Um, we're, we're on the air until 10 o'clock, uh, Max, so we got another 20 minutes or so. Okay. Um, but – I'll let, I'll give you a rundown just so people can get your uh, get I guess your um your take on everything here. We talked about loot boxes. Uh, you actually played and reviewed Shadow of War. Yes. Um, and I noticed in your review you talked about how at the end it felt like they were trying to kind of kind of us you towards the loot box almost with a heavy grind as you were saying. Yeah. Well, because 
at the end, basically, you start being attacked everywhere. Like, basically, you take over the entire map, and then once you've taken over the entire map, then all of a sudden they want you to uh, defend everything, which makes sense. Like, it's called... It, the final chapter is called Shadow War. And so, literally, all of a sudden, Sauron gets super powerful, and he attacks everywhere at once. And so, through a series of, like, mini-missions, you have to defend each base one last time before the final battle. But it's so difficult and you get invaded so much, it eventually becomes like grind for two hours before each attack or just spend two dollars before each attack, you know? Oh, mm. man. Wow. <laughs> That's something right there, man. Jeez. So, yeah, they, they kind of want you to, to go spend some money on those loot boxes, huh? Yeah, definitely feels heavily in- incentivized. It, it's but does, it, does, does that increase the difficulty? Um, it, it definitely can reduce it type of thing of like, I, I wouldn't say it increased or decreased, but definitely, uh, it, buying it definitely makes things smoother. The items, not so much. You can buy items. I don't think that's as useful. Items always match your level. So it's not like you can just buy like a $30 crate and have like level 30 items. At least there's that. Mm, okay. But it's, uh, it's interesting. They hit it at the end of the game. <laughs> I'll yeah, say right. that. <laughs> Maybe well, hoping people wouldn't get there in time before reviews went out or something. That- the other weird thing is it, it constantly begs you, I mean, seriously begs you to use microtransactions to the point in which it mm. literally has like blinking ads in the menu. There's mm. like a deal of the day that blinks with a giant timer. There's a scrolling, like literally, uh, and it changes. It literally, while you're sitting on the menu every 30 seconds, it shifts to like the next, like, be sure to check out the marketplace. And it's like literally like a solid 5% of your menu is just this like blinking ad basically. Wow. wow, that's uh, that's interesting. That that wow, geez, I haven't heard anyone really talk about that except for you. Yeah, and I, that was what got me specifically. It's just that it seemed so so eye grabbing. It seems so like overtly like, hey, goodbye now. So does it mm-hmm. does this worry you about Battlefront at all? <laughs> yes, I'm curious as to the last minute because clearly they're trying to make a bunch of last minute changes right now. We'll see how much they actually manage to change, like make it a uh, different like. The one thing I'll say is at least Battlefront's loot boxes seem cheap. Like, that seems like you can buy them with Battle Bucks at a decent speed. Mm. Um, but I don't know. Like the, whereas the Battle Bucks, you, the best stuff only comes from gold, and getting gold in Shadow of War mm. requires you to do all sorts of daily quests and, like, a very specific set of things. Wow. Jeez. Um, mm. Then we also talked about uh, Humble Bundle. I know you probably want to talk about this, Max. I saw a video came out. IGN buys Humble Bundle. Yeah, so so ridiculous. In my opinion, I I don't trust it at all. Uh, I used to be in the book business for a long time, obviously, and one of my big things was that we always tried to like make it very clear if it was a book we printed versus a book we were selling that somebody else printed. We would even have these separate giant displays that were called Baker Taylor, which said like, okay, these are the bigger, more expensive books that are being done by like this other publisher that are the fancy edition and sometimes are autographed. These cheapo like discount editions, the one our company makes. So straight up like, okay, if you're looking for the cheap edition for just like a school reader, that's us. And I feel like that over disclosure is what's necessary. And I just don't trust IGN to just like reveal, reveal, reveal. Do you think that uh, they, they would maybe publish a game through Humble Bundle and then uh, either advertise or push it heavily in a review on IGN? I, I I don't know. I think they may avoid that because most of what Humble Bundle's published so far has mm. been pretty tiny projects like Hat and Time. Before I moved yes. my video, I, I wanted to even investigate, and it looks like so far they've refused 
to actually have an official score on Hat in Time. So maybe mm -hmm. that's just what they're going to do. Like, because look, every other website has a review out for that except for them. So it may be that they've already had this deal in the process and they didn't want to accidentally eat from their own popcorn. That's interesting, huh? And I don't, yeah, no one else is talking about that. So I think I may be the only person who's caught on to that. But you, you still don't trust it, though, you said. You think they're going to make some changes to the site or do something? Yeah, well, my biggest problem is that I, I'm worried about them trying to coordinate their Flash deals. Humble Bundle is all about, like, trying to get those big sales here and there. like which mm. and, and a big part of the proceeds goes to charity, which obviously is important to point out. But I do think it's, uh, it's weird that... I, I think we're going to see stuff like right now there's South Park, the fractured but holes about to come out. I think they're going to do like a random stick of truth sale. And it's like, I don't know. That's, that seems kind of dirty to try and like <laughs> advertise for yourself in a review. Yeah. You're going to see that probably. That makes sense. Yeah. I agree. Um, and then we, uh, and then we were actually just talking about, I guess the, you saw, I know you saw this, Max. You, you commented on, on Twitter, uh, the issue with, um, David Ballard and, um, Naughty Dog and, yeah. and what appears to be Sony. And we we've we've we seem to be uh saying this a lot, but they're allegations. There's nothing like it's cemented yeah. or anything. These are all allegations from someone yeah. on Twitter. Um, but they are very serious allegations. These are not yeah. like play let's play around allegations. These are um there's some serious stuff. Because not only does David talk about uh harassment at Naughty Dog, they also, he also talks about Sony becoming involved and offering money in exchange for what appears to be a non-disclosure agreement. Yeah, uh, and the first thing I want to start out, with, start out with is like you always have to take this so so seriously. And yeah. I, a lot of times my thing is like listen to them very closely. Like let's let's really pay attention because like this guy, it took him a lot of effort to admit this. It took him a lot of effort to come forward. It's not like it was just like what? Like clearly this is something that has been burning in the back of his mind for over two years now. So if this is true, and uh, Jesus Christ, is this a messed up? like screwed up Sunday. It really disgusts me. This kind of stuff happens, but we have a long record of it of like, uh, Sony is a multi-billion dollar company. When situations happen like this, if it is like a really high up executive, uh, I'm not even going to do like an example name, but a giant high up executive in that company, it's easier to pay $20,000 than even like pull this guy aside for like three weeks of training and be like, Hey bro, do some sensitivity training. Like, just pay that guy twenty thousand dollars and fire him. He's a background artist or whatever. Yeah, yep. it's 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 concerning um, because it makes you wonder how many people have been paid off. You know that accepted the money. Countless <laughs> yeah. people. You know it gets a little concerning because um, <laughs> this is something we heard about and we didn't hear about it for, as you said, Max. What seems to be seventeen months, as he said, he's been he's been uh, unemployed for seventeen months now. So yeah. it makes you wonder. What I mean, because I, I feel like people look at some of these companies and they, they become friends with essentially a logo, right? Yeah. Because you have no idea who's behind that logo. Because, I mean, people change in and out all the time. Um, like most people probably didn't know who David Ballard was. Uh, but they fall, like, they fall in love with like the Naughty Dog logo because Naughty Dog brings them Uncharted, right? Yeah. But then something like this happens and all of a sudden they look at that and they kind of, they you know, don't know what to think because it's a company that they like that brought them uncharted but now we hear about a harassment claim and it's serious stuff because it's harassment and i don't could you could you call it bribery or what would you even call yeah, that at that I point mean, hush money is definitely what i consider a form of bribery yeah so i mean it's 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 not good it's not well, good at all 
this this type of stuff just happens in every business. I was reading a story yeah. recently. This mm-hmm. lady was like, I think she was like a lighting assistant on some big Hollywood movie, and this director starts like flirting with her, and she's like, oh, I don't really know what to do about this. So she talks to a friend of hers who's also one of the like uh, head leads of the project, being like, uh, this feels really weird. And I don't know what to do. And they just basically shuffled her off the project. They basically she just like literally showed up the next day, like mm, actually you're not a great fit, and just like can't run the project. We'll still credit you. You're still gonna get your day's pay, but like you're you're gone. And she's kind of like, cool. Well, I guess there goes all my work and years of prep to get on this specific project. So uh, cool. Just because there's uh, some asshole, and maybe David Ballard had that same kind of thing as he felt pressured to do this and he didn't, and just had to hit the eject button, which I feel awful about. Yeah, it's a really tough situation. Um, and now I was telling um, Dave, we kind of, I guess, Sony or Naughty Dog, somebody I assume puts out a statement somewhere at yeah. some point. Um, I don't know when. I was saying probably Monday because it's the weekend, but uh, they have to, I assume they have to say something. Yeah. It's, it, it blew up on Twitter. Uh, what's that? Over like, yeah, uh, over 2,000 retweets and, oh no, 2,000 retweets. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's known now it's, it's showing up on all these websites and, uh, I don't know. They have to say something. It's, it's, typical, very interesting. Behavior. it's typical behavior though. Of big corporations, this is what they do. They got to oh, sweep yeah, it yeah. under the rug, but yeah. when it gets out though, that's when it becomes a problem. Yeah. Like the, I'm sure there are several companies this happens to that we don't hear about. <laughs> I'm sure it happens yeah. a lot, unfortunately. Yeah. Pe- um, people forget like a non-disclosure agreement is so legally terrifying. It says like 15 different ways in the contract that they will sue you if you talk. And if you're dead broke and you're literally walking out of a business and like, all right, we'll pay $20,000, 99% of people are going to sign that. Like David Baller is that 1% who was just so uncomfortable with the situation. He left, didn't take the money and decided to actually talk. Yeah. So it's um it's it's interesting. It'll be it'll be interesting to see how it unfolds with Sony and and uh it, it the the crazy thing is Sony getting involved here. Um I guess they were I guess somebody called Sony and was like, Hey, uh we need to do something about this. Um that I, I don't know which what I don't know what looks worse though, the harassment by Naughty Dog or Sony showing up to pay the person off. I to me it's the the Sony part because look, harassment it happens. You can fire people and take care of that, though. Like, even if it turns out to be a hide up and naughty dog, that's still one guy being a piece of shit or one lady being a piece of shit. Whereas when a corporation steps in and officially like starts giving you legal documents to shut you up, it's like, OK, that's a systematic problem of what the hell? Yeah, it's, it is concerning, to say the least. Also, um, we don't know who else is involved, too. There could be other par- other parties involved. It could, I w- yeah. If it's just he said, she said, they may have just been like, yeah, whatever. We'll just get rid of this guy. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is concerning because one thing is I have noticed this a lot recently, as you guys probably have with some of these uh, situations that are away from here even, um, other harassment ones. It seems to happen in in like waves. It's like one person says something, and then yeah. six, <laughs> yeah. seven other people show up and, and start talking. Yeah. Because well, they finally get brave about it a lot of times of like, it's it's hard to talk about certain scenarios until somebody else brings it up and you're able to finally be like, okay, cool, this this happened to me too. You know, like I was, I got robbed at gunpoint once, but I don't exactly bring it up until someone else is talking about like crazy situations. And all of a sudden I'm like, oh yeah, uh, that happened to me once too. Yeah. So <laughs> it's, um well, we I mean, like I said, we'll see if, if, if some kind of statement, I would assume Sony and Naughty Dog already are working on their statement if they're not, and they probably want to put something out. I, I assume it'd be the week right away to get it taken care of. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, I, I mean, I can't imagine it's a good idea to be quiet by them. Yeah, Jesus situation. Christ. 
I mean, I'm sure that I'm literally this second. I'm sure there's a bunch of lawyers sitting in a room with like a a, a person who writes to make sure that every term is legally sound. Mm, absolutely, yeah. yeah. So I, it's going to be interesting um, to see what happens here. Uh, but that's uh, that's it for now. Do you guys want to um, answer any questions in the chat? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Any guy, anyone in the chat want to throw out any questions or anything? We have about five minutes or so before we we have to finish up. Um, and we can uh, we can talk to anyone in the chat. <clears throat> Evan's out and about. Uh, I think he said he was at a wedding or something. I don't know. He was doing so something. Getting, is he getting married? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, your picks for game of the year? I don't know yet uh, because I have not played Mario Odyssey. Yes, you did. No. <laughs> <You could tell. laughs> uh, I'd like to assume that Mario Odyssey is going to be up there um, just because we saw that 10 out of 10 from Edge. But uh, I know I know Horizon Zero Dawn will be up there. Absolutely. Um, Zelda. Zelda will be up there, sure. Uh, I'm trying to think of anything else because there are like three big games. I know those two, Zelda and Horizon Zero Dawn, have stood out from everything so far. Uh, I think Persona 5 is also going to make a lot Persona, of lists. Do you think Persona 5 will be up there for Game yeah. of the Year? I, I was at a convention last weekend, and uh, somebody was asking us Game of the Year, and a, about a 30% of all the YouTubers on stage were saying that. A lot of people were being like, it's the, the classic JRPG we kind of all begged for. It's 100 hours long, great voice acting, crazy customization to all your magic. It's just sure. it's, it's just a different level of game. Yeah, From I what I'm hearing... Oh, yeah. good. Good, Dave. From what I'm hearing, uh, Cuphead might get nominated, too. You never know. Ooh, yeah. Cuphead should get, like, the uh, indie game of the year or something. That's yeah. Might have been indie game, I guess what, I'd say. Which is something, actually, I'm planning on doing that this year just because there have been so many freaking just crazy cool indie games. Like, right mm -hmm. now, I I just got Golf Story. I want to try that out since everybody you haven't played it yet? No, I've, I've oh, been so busy. Dude, I just, go play that game. <laughs> I, I had to do Shadow of War, and then I immediately had to jump into Evil Within 2, and now I'm doing Fractured But Whole. Dude, you gotta get in. You gotta get in on Golf Story, dude. It's fun. It's a good game. I like it. I hope they bring it to like PC also, because that that's a game that would sell really well on the computer. Um, yeah, and I think it's only two people. Two people made that game. Yeah, so it's it's pretty crazy. Yeah, I, I could see Cuphead being up there for indie game of the year. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of any other games that really stand out. From I guess yeah, sure you could say Persona Five, Horizon Zero Dawn, Zelda, and what I assume is probably Mario. I mean, we, we it's not even out yet. I can't say for sure, but. I assume I'm trying to think of anything from Microsoft. I, I don't I can't think of anything from them that would be up there as a first party game of the year. Uh, I know a lot of people right now what do they have. <laughs> well, see if the see if these is previewing really high, but you know me, I'm still on the one. Yeah, but that's not until next year. Thieves header. Oh, is it? See, I don't even know. I don't even follow. Yeah, that's people, next year. People keep tweeting me about Sea of Thieves and I just don't care. About oh, that Resident game. Evil 7. Resident Evil 7 could be up there. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Prey. Um, Prey is another one people are really kind of impressed by Prey, myself included. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess that yeah, Halo Wars 2 is their only real game. Yeah, yeah Rob's right. I, I, can't, I couldn't even think of anything, to be honest. Um, so, uh, let's see. Do we have anything else? I have time for another question or two. Um, everyone's just talking about game of the year now in the chat. <laughs> right. So, sorry about being late there, by the way, man. I just, this move, I keep losing track of time. And oh, I was fine, dude. I know, you're, I know you're moving stuff back and forth. When are you moving, by the way? When are you all done? The final date should be in literally the next couple days here. My office is now basically empty. I managed to move the last of it. I have to unscrew the shelves from the wall tomorrow morning. I'm going to try to unscrew them tonight, put them in the truck, and then try and drive them over and start rebuilding the office tomorrow. So hopefully my plan is to be done with everything by like Friday of next week. Hmm. That'd be good. That'd be good when it's all done. You'll be all settled in your new place. Cool. 
So that'd be cool, man. Um, let's see. You didn't get a you didn't get a Super Nintendo Classic, did you yet, Max? No, I still have. <laughs> I I don't think I've even been in a. I'm so all I've had time to do to do is review games and pack boxes. So I actually have uh, gone to a Target or a Walmart to look in their electronics department. Apparently, they got a new shipment. Is what we're hearing. So. Yep, people are sending. Pic- I keep seeing pictures of it on Twitter. People doing like Twitter videos where they walk up and there's one left in a case and they go, "My God!" <laughs> did you see the? Uh, did you see the? Um, uh, the the amount of the amount that sold in Japan? No, no. Three hundred sixty-eight thousand in Japan, which is up a uh, hundred and like forty thousand from the NES Classic. Mm-hmm. Jesus. So yeah, I'll they sold. The, they I'll sold the Switch launch. Yeah, that's yeah. I'll sold the Switch launch. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Uh, so really, another no, probably not. I don't know. <laughs> uh, who knows? Who knows? Um, yep. Yeah. EB Games Australia got a new equipment. Oh, EB Games, man. I forgot about them. Yeah. Which is uh, the same. It's the same company as GameStop, right? Are they owned by GameStop? GameStop. GameStop bought them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember. I remember when that happened because there was an EB Games and a uh, a GameStop in the mall, and then the EB Games went away, <laughs> and there were yeah, two so- GameStop. There were two GameStops in one mall. <laughs> I used to have that uh, right next to my old job. There were two two uh, GameStops in the same shopping center. So it was like a shopping center, a bunch of restaurants. On the other side was another GameStop. Jesus Christ, buddy. Was uh, Will there be a, uh, a January Direct? Probably. I'd assume there will be. Yeah. Um, after, the, after Christmas. They probably don't want to do much before Christmas, or maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Um, I feel like they'd want to... They'd want to do that. Dragon Quest XI on the Switch using Unreal Engine 4. Yes, it is. So it's probably not the 3DS version. Yeah. Um, I guess that's uh, I guess that's it, though. Direct in November? No, probably not. I think, though, if they're going to do direct anytime, it'll be in December or January. They could probably get away with one in mid-December. Um, but I feel like they might wait till January. They might um, have a game-focused direct, like for Mario or something. Oh, sure. Yeah, you could do that. Yeah. Help launch yeah. it. Sure. Also, um, those directs are a lot of work. I wouldn't be surprised if at this point they're just completely shifting their gears to just production. And at this point, they're like, okay, put away all the cameras. Like, this stuff's going to sell. Just light the rock and watch it go. Yeah, they, I mean, they might even be working in some way on the next direct. I mean, I'm sure they work on those directs sometimes months in advance. Yeah. Um, yeah you know, okay. they could be working on January's right now for all we know. Um, but uh, yeah, I still don't know a date for Rocket League on the Switch. It, it, it kills me because I want to play that game on the Switch portably. That'd be really cool. No date for um, Doom yet either, right? Uh, holiday? No, just holiday. Yeah, just just holiday. Mm. Yeah, just holiday. Yeah, yep. They really um, should put a demo out for that on the Switch. That would be great. If they could. Yeah, do that. that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, I, I think a lot I of people bet, would like to see it play. I bet we're gonna get that after after all the after Skyrim Switch comes out. Since that day is so big, I think that the same day it's uh, Skyrim VR and Skyrim Switch. I think once they get over that hump, because clearly they're afraid that that's not being marketed heavy enough. After that, then they're gonna start to give some air to Doom. Do you think Xbox One X will get more Japanese support? I'd like to assume they would because Phil Spencer went over to Japan, but man, they need <laughs> to sell some Xboxes in Japan. My gosh. They they managed to crack 186 in Media Create, which shocked me, by the way, um, this past week. So maybe? <laughs> I, I wouldn't put your, any bets on that in Japan, but uh, in the United States, I'm sure gotta, go. okay. Somebody's got to do something, right? I mean, I mean, Microsoft needs to figure out. You, you can't... You need to get a game before you start selling the system in Japan. It's, they seem to want to sell systems to then get games on it, and it's like you need you need the you need a Japanese game, man. And then you, you have the it. Switch in, in China on December first, right? Taiwan or Hong Kong or something like that, right? I, I'm hearing about that. Yeah, so they're gonna they're gonna show up there, and then the big launch is whenever they actually break into 
China. I think it's Taiwan. I think you're right. Taiwan, I think, is where yeah, they're Taiwan. watching it. But, um, and then it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. But, yeah, Xbox, man, they need Jap- – they, they pretend like they don't need Japanese support. They need Japanese support. Um, I mean, they're not even releasing Sonic – as a physical game in Japan, yeah, <laughs> like that, that's bad. Come on. Um, so, but Phil is making the rounds um, to their office over there, so maybe, maybe he's talking to some people. You never know. Maybe we'll get surprised. Um, so, I guess uh, I guess we'll we'll wrap it up there. Uh, Dave, where can they find you, man? Super Metal Dave sixty four on YouTube and S Metal Dave on Twitter. S Metal Dave sixty four. You're back to your normal uh, 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 scheduled videos, right? Well, I mean, like your Pretty normal much. videos where you kind yeah. of just talk about couple it. couple couple videos a week. Yeah. Cool. All right. Very good. Very good. Very good. And then uh, Max, I know uh, you're I know you're all over the place right now, but <laughs> yeah, just YouTube.com/slash/DreamcastGuy. Um, early Monday morning, you should see my full review of South Park: The Fractured Butthole. Uh, that's going to be did a that go up? Monday morning. Ooh, cool, cool. Yeah. I'll be keeping an eye on that. Ten out of ten. <laughs> we'll we'll see we'll see it's very different like uh the combat the combat and the storytelling are very very different cool they actually the last uh south park episode they did actually ties into it so it like starts it up yeah uh, yeah yeah so that'll be really cool uh i'll be i'll be looking forward to that review because I'm, I'm looking at that game as well and i was i wanted to play it so i'm curious what your take <laughs> is on it um that's monday though cool let's check that out and uh, did you do your um game tour yet or is that coming no, I, I'm trying to set up the new office. I actually secretly filmed the first part of it last night. I packed up the last of the office, so I did like a time lapse. I just filmed the entire office for like 30 minutes while I was taking down shelves so I can like speed up the footage and do some fancy oh, music. Oh, cool, cool. So I'm doing a breaking down part first for the first like minute of the video and then like 10 minutes of me actually showing off the new office whenever it's built. Nice. That'll be neat, man. That'd, that'd be kind of cool because you can kind of set up the new office how you want. Yeah, this yeah. so this room originally I I slept in this room when I first got this house. So it originally was like I was sleeping in the corner of it, and I slowly turned it into an office. So I set it up all stupid. So this new one I can actually set up like an office first. <laughs> Very good, man. Very good. Well, thanks everyone for joining us tonight on uh, Spawncast. We'd end a little early. I have a few things I have to take care of, but uh, as always, we'll see you guys next next uh, Saturday night. I may change the schedule a little bit. We might start going a little early, like eight p.m. because uh, I think that might work for some other people who show up to these things. So we'll see. I'll let you guys know on Twitter. So make sure you're following me on Twitter and subscribe here. And uh, we'll see you guys next weekend.